Warning, this episode contains discussions about depression, bullying, suicidal thoughts, suicide, and self-harm. Listener discretion is advised. And with that, let's get to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spoilers, Obviously. I'm your host, Obviously. Joel. Obviously. It's Joel. Obviously. <laughs> Today with us, if you couldn't tell, Bad Boy Moon. That's me, Bad Boy Moon, a.k.a. Moses Moon. What's going on, everyone? What's yeah. up? What's up? Yeah, what's up? <laughs> so, uh, how are you doing? Ah, uh, dude, I'm good. I'm good. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Hashtag blessed. <sighs> How are you, man? What's up? I'm doing good. Not not that bad. I have to say, every time we talk, you're very positive. Mm. It's my I, natural disposition. Yeah. Does reality ever hit you and you realize, oh, shit, this world is actually... You know, life, oh, and li- all that. life is shitty. All that stuff is real. But the I was taught two two sentences that have stuck with me since I ever heard them and became formulaic to my life was once uh, what, before I joined the military. One of my uh, friends who I just met at that time was from uh, a very high ranking uh, Sayeret or Special Forces Matkal, and he pulled me aside and he's like. I want to want to give you some words of of wisdom and I was like okay cool and he's like always smile no matter what and I was like okay now you can take that literally but the the core essence of it is that you always have a choice always no matter what and if you can make that choice no one can take it away from you so it's as, it starts into something as so simple as smiling doesn't mean to be disingenuous or inappropriate about how you do it but it means that you hold on to that. And then that relates to the second sentence, which is, you know, um, life is what you make of it. So you have the power to do whatever you want with your life. You really do. You know, all your circumstances and obligations, like, yeah, that's a thing. But you can choose about how you observe that, what energy you bring to the table, because you're a player. You know, life doesn't work you. You can work it. And if you're stuck being a victim, then... Yes, you're powerless, but you are a victor. By very definition of being human, you have faced all the odds and are here now. So you have the ability to switch angles. It's difficult, especially if you haven't practiced it, but with a little bit of discipline and a little bit of like open-mindedness and like practice, you can you can get that going on. And again, it's not about being inappropriate. Like you don't go to a funeral and be like, hey, hey everyone, what's up? <laughs> Oh, this is great. <laughs> you feel emotions, you know. Freaking, you know, we hear the siren right now. It's just we don't go and be like, oh, it's great. It's just like, yep, okay, we, you know, pack down, lock down, head to the the shelter, and you know, it's that. But then, uh, and you get down and serious. But you know, it's that ability to keep positivity with you. So yeah, that's that's my secret. Well, that that's uh, that's an awesome secret. I I have heard like you know if you always smile you'll always be happy no matter what hmm. e- well e- even if, even this is a byproduct well yeah but no that like they say even if you're having a bad time try mm-hmm. to smile and yeah. then it will change the whole mood and 
I don't know. I'm cynical. Yeah, I'm cynical. I'm like, fuck this life. <laughs> like, it's okay no. to be cynical. You need pessimism. If you don't have pessimism, then you don't have expectations for problems and you can't deal with them or pre-prepare for them or prepare for them. I I don't believe in expectations because mm. if you expect something, you will only get disappointed. Therefore, I expect <laughs> nothing. And therefore, I'm never disappointed. And I have, mm. am never, um, you know, rewarded with what I got. If no, you I... expect the unexpected, is it really unexpected? Mm. Mm. Interesting. But <laughs> <laughs> but what do I, I do have to say about, you know, being positive and, you know, smiling. Ever since I became a father, I gave myself a mm. life mission to make my son laugh every day. Yes, he is six months old. But I told myself that's what I want to do. His laugh is Starts so there. contagious that I I've seen those on YouTube tattoos that you can actually voice record. Oh yeah, with the little uh, barcode or yeah. not barcode uh, wave wave Wa- uh, format. wave lines. Yeah. I personally don't have any tattoos, and I don't think I'll ever will have a tattoos. But I did tell myself if I will ever have a tattoo. It would be his footprint or his handprint, and inside mm. will be a sound waves of his laughter. Love it. That's cool. I like that. So that is my positivity when it comes to being mm. happy and smiling and all that. It's all thanks to him. But when it comes mm. to me personally, yeah, you know, it depends on the day. Some days are, you know, fine, okay. And some days like, I guess I just want to die today, but, you know, I'll just yeah. continue on living. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> suffering <laughs> like everyone else <laughs> well one of the the truths of uh of buddhism is that life is suffering you know i don't personally adhere to that i think life has suffering but i think it as a universal truth it's pretty solid yeah no no but, but i mean hey you could be the difference you know being positive you hear all these like stories of people who you know were about to attempt suicide and it was because one person said hi to them or, you know, be, maybe someone actually completed it. But in their letter, they said, if I'm going to the bridge today, but if someone stops me and says hello, I'm coming back, you know, I, and, I and have, things like that. I have heard a lot of stories like that. Mm-hmm. If we're going to go to it, yes, I did try to commit suicide. What stopped mm-hmm. me is I got into my head as I was a... Uh, First of all, I had a very dull knife. Let's start with that. Insanely dull knife. You, have you ever seen the movie 127 Hours? I don't, it's not coming to me. I okay, feel so, like I have, but so it's is what, it a zombie it, film? No, no, it's uh, based on a true story with uh, James Franco. Oh, or he's caught. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, there it is. And he's caught so, in the boulder. There we go. Yeah. Exactly. So the first knife he tries or he has, it's a very dull knife. So I had that ex- exact same knife. And as I try to cut myself, I get into my head and like the damage that will I, I will do to my family is way worse than the damage I'm doing to myself. And mm. that what got me out of it. How is, long ago was that? I think I was 15. So about 13 years ago, more or less. Wow. So, yeah. So that, that was what got me out of it. The... Mm. Because I, I notice I'm being selfish to other people. 
yes, I'm hurting right now, but this is not for the rest of my life. And I, I can get help. It's good. The person I got help from was not my family, was not my friends, was not psychiatrists. It was myself. I got, I was the help that I needed. That's but so at, impressive, man. But at the same time, because I was thinking of my family and the damage I would do to them, if I mm. were to take my life, in a way, they were my help. Yeah. So solid, man. If you were, if you were to say one thing, let's say someone was listening right now and had uh, was contemplating or thinking, what would you? What was one thing that you might say to dissuade them? Do it. <laughs> Having a serious moment. (laughs) I had to. Um uh no seriously, um what would I tell to that person? It's not it's not worth it. You know, you're not alone. Yes, you might feel you are alone, but you're not alone. It is okay to be alone. It is okay to feel alone. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, you are never alone, even though no one is there to support you. Right now, no one is there for you. But you are always there for yourself. And the people that you know you grew up with and will grow up with and the life you will bring afterwards once you're married or have kids or if you already have married, married and have kids, the life that you have with them is way mm. better with them than without them. There's a reason you brought those kids to life or will bring those kids to life. There's a reason you are alive and taking your life is, as I you know, learned for myself, it is selfish. It, it might feel like it is the right thing to do, but it's not and it's very selfish and it's unfair to the people you will hurt later you will take Mm. away the pain you feel right now for yourself but you will inflict a bigger pain upon other people and that is not right and if Mm. you have to if you are not the help for yourself like i was the help for myself if you have to just go to someone and say i need help I, i need it Whatever, whatever it is, I am depressed. I am being bullied. I have been raped. I've been whatever. And whatever. be honest about it. Like, yeah. don't just say I need help. Explain the state of where you're at, and then like I've already or I've been contemplating this. Can you help me? You know exactly. And a lot of people say like a lot. So many people today, you know, needlessly use the word depressed, and so it's almost become this void of like an alienated word like how oh, i'm depressed everyone's depressed you know what i mean mm-hmm. whereas like if it's it's that's real and like you that's your cry for help like be specific yeah you, you know no one knows what you feel and think until mm-hmm. you actually tell them they might not understand it they might will but no matter what even if they did go through it they will never understand what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Everyone's and, battles their own. Exactly. And it's not um, shameful to ask for help. Absolutely. So, 
Good call. Maybe you yeah. should uh, put like a helpline down below just in case. I, I don't know if we have helplines in Israel, but yeah. If there's yeah, a help there's line, suicide help hotlines for sure. Yeah, sure. If there is any, so I'll put in the link uh, below. That is our deep conversation. Be very, mm. very fucking deep. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you want to continue with it? Or do you want to move on? Like, do you want to? Share I mean, it? we could make this a, a two-parter. We could talk about like life and whatnot. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down for anything. Like, I was gonna ask when you're getting out of out of your own head, who did who did you eventually reach out to uh, or let know of your circumstance in your family or no one. outside? No one. I I didn't tell anyone. I. I, I was the person who was ashamed of it to come for mm. help. I was. Um, at the same, well, I have to say, I, I also did not leave a note. Mm. The, a, a few years later, you know, because yes, that event is always with me. Um, I realized like, oh my God, I'm that kind of person who is that selfish. I didn't even leave a note. Mm. Um, but no, I didn't go to anyone to ask for help uh, or tell them that what happened, why I wanted to do it, why I tried to do it. Mm. I, I accepted that I am going through something and I tried yeah. to help myself rather than asking for help. Um, what were some of the key things to help you out? Like, what what did you cling on to during those times? My family. My family means the world to me, no matter what situation mm -hmm. we are in, were or will be. Um, they were always, like, I, I grew up, like, I'm the fourth child out of six. So, yeah, we, yeah it's, it's a lot. And we all, like, you know, pretty close to each other, by also by age, you know, the... Mm the the one i'm number four so the one who is above me is two years older than me the one who's under me is two years younger than me so like we all very close to each other in age and you know whatnot mm. but yeah i i that that would you know help me and i cleaned on to it you know family and hurting them is way way worse than hurting myself yeah did you, does any of your family know at this point? Well, my wife knows, yes. I I think I did tell my parents, and I, uh, at some point, I think in my 20s, I told them, mm. and the reasoning why I did it, they, they obviously did not know, but I, I also, like, I didn't get any serious damage. Again, I had a very, very dull knife. I, I felt so depressed and so empty that when I was using the knife for myself and uh, cutting, I finally, like, I felt pain. I felt something. Like, when you were so mm. depressed, you were empty, you feel nothing. And, yeah. all of and all of a sudden, you feel, like, that pain to me at the same time was so amazing. Like, oh, my yeah. God, here's a feeling I've never felt. Here's a feeling I feel in general. And it, it was amazing to me. But, and th this is something that could be addicting to people. And, and yeah. they, then they just cut themselves not to kill themselves. They cut themselves for the joy of it. 
And yeah, it, have you like were you ever, ever participant of self abuse in some in that kind of form prior or No, no, my my parents did not abuse me in any No, I meant like you self abuse. Did you cut yourself ever? Oh, so, no, that is I that was the first and only time I ever did mm. self abused. Um and and also dull knife so not serious damage. I had like a little scar for like maybe half a year, but then it went away. Um, yeah. So I, I can vaguely like know where I did it, but there's no physical uh, evidence over that. Um, Mm. but no, I never uh, self abused myself other than that time. Um, obviously like a, a lot of kids, you know, I was bullied. I did not have friends. So there was a lot of factors for me to, you know, you know, be depressed and be in that place. Mm. But I I don't know. I, I, I feel like sometimes sharing it with people, they, you know, they would say like, dude, you were just a fucking kid. What do you have to be so depressed? What, like, what, what the fuck is going on? Like, going with mm. it. that's not the real world you know the real world I, i'm in debt my wife hate me my um, you know she took away my kids i lost my job like those are real things you're just a fucking kid like you have nothing to uh you know bitch about grow the fuck up and mm. i do agree to some extent like yes it is true. But it's not but that's not the reality. Like you're exactly. only present in your social confines and if you feel you have nothing, pain is real then as it is now. Exactly. So what 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 I mean is like, yes, I do agree that, you know, compared to him in hindsight. <laughs> yeah, and like compared to someone who's going with that stuff, yeah. Yeah. The, what is going on with with a kid, that's nothing. Yes, life will only get a lot worse and more difficult. But it's true. If you use Moses' methods, you will only see <laughs> the joy in life and the beauty of it. And you know, it's that, you know that, that alone uh, can help you. I will. I will say, like, you need something bigger than yourself to be accountable to. So that if what I have said is the first start, then then it has to be something that's like core principles, morals, uh, philosophical ideals and things, something that's much bigger than yourself is something that's important because if you don't have something that's bigger than you, you can't be grounded. You can't have, like, if you don't know what you stand for and you don't know, you know, why you're doing things or what things you should or should not be doing and, like, the core reasons of why, and it's going to be di- even more difficult. So I think if anything, it's to encourage a self, uh, to not so self exploration, but a purpose, a something to funnel your your focus into, so that you can actually pursue purpose and meaning in your life. And that can lead you to anywhere. But at the same time, like you know, you're not. No one's meaningless. You know, the whole like nihilism and or nihilism like the whole life is meaningless and there's no point to it like sure on an abstract level sure absolutely but it's so redundant to to observe that and make that the all because you clearly feel 
that but that like in an inside contention towards that mentality there's like no like sure in the grand scheme of all things sure my life could be absolutely meaningless but that's not true we live in our reality in our circles of influence and we have meaning to one another and the things and the things we discover and the purpose of just being around existing is more than enough to propel us forward and i think life is beautiful because of that it's not because it's meaningless but we can find meaning yeah it's like life, life is absolutely beautiful and the more i live the more mm. i i am like i enjoy i enjoy my life yes i i laugh a lot about suicide and death because i Sometimes I, I, I want to yeah, that, that's the only thing I can do, you know, but I want to, like, enjoy all sides uh, like I can. Like, yes, this was a part of my life, so let's laugh about it. You know, everything happens in our lives and at some point. Like, yeah, you know, you laugh at it in the future. So Humor is the ultimate expression of, like, yeah, it, it the exploration of the absurdities of humanity. It def definitely is. And I... I've learned to accept death, death, mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that's important. Like, like I think also not fear it. Like, I mm -hmm. did get, I did get into a conversation er last week, I think, with a, a few coworkers, and we were talking about religion and death, death. Mm. And I basically told them, like, in Judaism, we don't believe in hell. And, mm -hmm. like, you know, I asked them, like, why are you so afraid of death? And they said, well, what will happen to me? Like, you won't know what happened to me. Are you afraid of dying? You're afraid of how you will die. But why are you afraid of death? Like, what mm -hmm. is so scary about it? And early earlier this week, the latest Netflix TV show came out called The Sandman. Mm -hmm. There's an episode over there where uh, Dream, the main character, talks with his sister, uh, Death, and she tells us how she used to hate her job because she, you know, basically takes people to their death. And mm -hmm. slowly she learned how to love it and that she's always yep. there with them. It was hard to see it because, you know, you see she kills. You know, she takes someone uh, to an old person. She takes a young person. She took a fucking baby. And I was like, ah, yeah. fuck. But it's tough. It, it, it's tough. But the, the thing is, a lot of people are afraid of death because of they're not ready to die. Mm -hmm. And they are, yeah. they don't think they fulfilled their life or they got to where they wanted or they are just don't want to, you know, mess out on family. They, you know, feeling that they're missing their potential as well, missing their potential, but also like leave, leaving what they are familiar with to yep. the unfamiliar. And I got to the conversation with, you know, like I said, with the co my coworkers, and I told them, do you do you remember your life before you lived? Mm -hmm. No. Do you remember any of your past lives? No. Well, <laughs> you most likely not going to remember this life after you die. And once you will die, you, you, your soul, if anyone believes in that, I personally do, he won't feel that pain. You, 
people try to say like, oh, my soul will feel that pain. Your soul is not connected to your body once it's dead. So therefore, the Mm -hmm. pain that your body gets, your soul won't get it. Yes, the soul does feel pain, but in a very different way, not the way Mm -hmm. that we know and, you know, can relate. The soul feels pain and trauma in a different way that can take it to other generations and like other lifetimes. But I I, I don't know. I, I, through everything I went through with my whole suicidal experience, I've learned to accept like, okay, we all, we all going to die. Yeah. We, solid like, fact. The solid fact. There's no, there's no stopping it. I can be afraid of it and I can not be afraid of it and just accept it and hope for the best that when my time comes, it will come Well, I, when I'm old and gray, when I'm like 120 years old. Mm. <laughs> and then I can tell people I live three generations or three millennia. Yeah, something like that. No, not millennia, generations. Generations, yeah. Because I was Probably. born, I was born in the twenty-first three centuries, in the yeah, that's word. No, I, centuries I, is a hundred years. Exactly, but I can say if if I live until the age one hundred and five, if I'm not mistaken, I can say I lived in three different centuries: the two th- the twentieth uh. century, the twenty-first century, and the twenty-second century when I die. Okay, you're skimming by. I see it. Nice little wedge in between. Yeah. Very clean. Very clean. I, Very I nice. was born at, at the end of the 20th century and mm-hmm. die at the beginning of the, of the 22nd century. Clean. So nice. Well played. I could, yeah. So I can say I lived in three different centuries. It's hmm. interesting. I I like the mentality of... There's that warrior sentimentality of like, you want to die in battle the idea of like giving your all in what you're doing and and then if you die in that that's that's honorable and i think if we can extrapolate that metaphorically life is Mm. battle life is war and are you at this point giving your all to whatever what is your 100 that you're you're giving and then should you fall in that can you be satisfied with the honor that you gave were given it, you know? Yeah. Were you reaching out, making connections? Were you upholding the, the your own boundaries and the boundaries of others? Were you a foundation and support in raising your younglings or, uh, or others around you? Or, you know, were you able to be generous? Were you able to be self-sufficient? Uh, were you able to mitigate your fears and be courageous? I think bravery has many faces, and I think it's an important one, especially when in the face of our mortalities. And being able to greet death as an old friend is a very important character to learn to embrace. So I fully uh, like nod in my head, like, yeah, when you mm-hmm. accept death, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I think if you cower in front of it, and live your life in fear, it really hinders your ability. And because especially that, that whole idea of like, 
our mortality is is one is if there's anything that is 100% guaranteed is that we will die. Yes. No ifs and or buts. And so if you're going to be shunt up uh living in a quarantined world and like shutting yourself and censoring yourself and others and you know you want it to be pristine or whatever and not messy and glorious it's like you're not living. You're not living. Yeah, I uh it's it's totally true. If you live your life to the fullest, even if you die early before your time, you you lived your life to the fullest. Mm. So at the end, it doesn't matter when in your life you passed away because you lived your life in the to the fullest. Personally, myself, I would love to live a lot longer than mm. what I am now. I would love to uh, live at least to the age of 95 because I was born in the year 95. But to live to live in different in 3D centuries, I need to live like 100 and, 105. So that's my mm -hmm. new goal. <laughs> Hashtag goals. Hashtag exercise, eat properly, go to sleep on time. Yeah, it's doable. And die in an old age. Yep. Which which is very interesting because nowadays. Uh, you can see people are actually younger, but at the same time die a lot later. So, mm. and what I mean, what I mean about that, um, researchers did research and they noticed the you, your age now. Okay, yes, you, yep. your age mm -hmm. now. Go basically to when your father was the same age. He looks older, and they they mm. they did it with a lot of people. They like okay, show us a picture of your father, same age same age as you right now, or your grandfather. Say, and they all like they all look a lot older than how we look today, and we are the same age. And it's because and it is because modern medicine and obviously. Uh, People exercise more back then. People really exercise. There's also better food, you know, cleaner food and uh, better water. So, yeah. so therefore, we we look and uh, feel younger, even though mm. we look, you know, we are the same age as back then. You yeah. know, so interesting. They so they say we are basically younger, but at the same time we are, you know getting older and the the for so use it folks do it yeah you de definitely use it and the chat like back back in the day people used to you know oh 30 you're you're an old man it's like oh my mm -hmm. god you're 30 you medieval days 30s were like man he's he's gonna kick the buckets <laughs> yeah ex exactly and like you know 12 like oh my god you're 12 and you're not married yet back in the day oh that, that sure that, that was like the customs. Like, why was that the normal? Because people would die in the age of 30. But yeah. Well, that's when when puberty kicked in. That was like, okay, you're a man, you're a woman. Like, that's that's yeah. the culturally accepted thing. So, yeah. And, but nowadays, the average person dies around 65 to 75. So, from 30 to like 75, that's a big, uh, 
Yeah. What are you talking about? You live forever. <laughs> <coughs> yes. Yes. But, but, but enough about me and uh, my uh, fucked up problems. What about you? <laughs> What about me? Dude, that was beautiful. I think that was really... Like, I think it's important to be able to share these things. And now online these days is all the more important. People need to hear these stories. Like, everybody is dealing with stuff. I had hard times, but I, don't, I never turned to suicide. I never turned, like, again, like, my principles is that I hold myself to something much bigger. So for me, what's bigger? What could ever be bigger than my faith? What could ever be bigger than God? And you know, his infinite existence. And I am of the particular belief that he is a good and just and moral God and that he does have a particular interest in my life, uh, a personal um, desire for me to do the best and be connected to him uh, because God is outside of space and time. He sees all my life choices, all what is and ever will be just because of the natural state. And so in an influx, influx of multiverseness like yeah i think you know i could go anywhere but and the choice is mine and i could make anything happen but it's already been known to him so i think the best thing is to in my case is to surrender hubris and ego and receive the the principles and the guidance and the desires that god has for us so a few years ago number of years ago this was around 2012 uh i was a youngin <laughs> but i found the love of my life at the time and we had agreed that we should be married and all would be good and, and golden and i was also in the army at the time uh and just at that moment uh i found out that she was cheating on me and that you know she like cut connection 100 Like I tried to win her back, but she wasn't having any of it. And there was a lot of bad mouth about me at that time from my family, friend circle. So a lot of them just shunted me out. So I had my love of my life, my friend circle and her family cast me out. And then in the army on the other side, uh, there was drug issues in our unit. And a few of us didn't feel it was very safe to be with these guys. And so we had to make a report. And somehow I became the scapegoat, even though there was more of us. And so everybody who didn't agree with that, uh, you know, started targeting me. And the guys who were with me just turned their backs and were very quiet. And so I was very much abandoned on all fronts. People were stealing my gear, writing Malsheen snitch above my bed and like wouldn't show up for their shifts and would try and fuck me over every way, left, right and center. Uh, you know, they'd pour like soap in all my bags. So my personal bags and stuff, they would, you know, do all kinds of shit like that. And that was very, very rough. Um, I thank God no one ever wanted a physical altercation, but at the same time, like, um, it was very, very taxing. And for me, my immediate answer was to be like, put my trust in God because he's bigger than the whole situation. And I may not feel that at the moment, but I know he's going to carry me through. So my whole thing is like, God, I don't feel you right now, but I'm going to trust you. And I'm just going to depend and like, just you have to carry me through this because I can't, I don't know what that looks like. But for me, 
I know that you're gonna have to you're gonna have to push and work some things because this is very difficult. And again, remember, I was a lone soldier, so I have no family here in Israel. I have no no connections. No, like my best friend, someone who I would relay my heart with. With funny circumstances that he had almost the same situation where his girlfriend they didn't get married or didn't get he didn't propose to her but she cheated on him and so in in a funniest circumstance they're aligned a few things so someone who i wish i could share my heart with wasn't able to or and i didn't tell him because i well he knew what was going on in my life but i didn't depend on him for wisdom because i knew that he was in pain and the funny thing is i find when you're in the worst of the worst and you're stuck in a rut and emotionally deprived and un- unable, a very helpful tip that I've stumbled upon is to stop focusing on yourself. Stop trying to, you know, if, especially if you can't, stop trying to fix everything and try to help other people. When you take the self-focus and ex- ex- in- invert it outwards, and start helping others you get also a sense of perspective because other people are hurting other people are totally in other places uh, as deep or worse than you uh and it allows you to disconnect because you're doing something positive you know like volunteering at a food bank going into doing volunteering of some kind to uh just sit there and listen to your friends doesn't mean that you store up and bottle and be like oh like you don't know half of the stuff i go like when your time to share is there it's it exists but you know if you can hold on just a little longer and allow life to flow you know uh there's many things that you can do even if you feel powerless so so for me though through that time that that is what i relied on it was my faith it was the circumstances of trying to help others. I was in the army, even though my and my unit at that point basically abandoned me. My focus was still the job that I came to volunteer for was still to serve Midinat Israel, the the land of Israel, because that's I have a job to do. So I I had purpose, I had drive, I had something to to hone me and my focus. You know, my it's not like I disregarded my emotions, but something that was miraculous almost in a vision-esque was that my troubles were fragmented and put into like treasure chests and buried in different islands. And metaphorically, I understood that when I would get to those islands along the road of life, that I would be able to uncover those treasures, the broken bits of my heart and restore them and recover them or deal with them. Um, There are many various beautiful metaphors, that of the forge, of taking metal and melting it, refining it, scooping off the the impurities and then having it worked by the smith. And that can be very harsh because a smith heats things up and then beats the shit out of it and then forms it into something useful. That of the clay or a broken vessel that is smashed and crushed and then soaked in water and then re pottered into something that's useful and beautiful or even that of mitsugi which is broken pottery that is restored together by golden lining you know that there's beauty in the broken and that you still can be useful so all these beautiful imageries and poetry that were things that i i clung to along the way or learned along the way and uh 
you know, my suffering did not feel in vain, especially because again, when you have that outward focus, you can take the lessons that you're learning and share them with others and help them. And that, that feeling is inexplicably ground shifting for, at least it was for me. And I, I always recommend it. So that's a, you know, a little snippet of my life and mm-hmm. some fra- fragment. <laughs> that's, that's very, fuck man, you know, it's, it's the, the typical, you know, teenagers who like want, they want to try something new and here comes, you know, this outsider who thinks he's one of us and now mm. he's going to snitch. Yeah, it's it's the it, it's a dick dick move. Rosh Katan, very small yeah. head. <laughs> very, very 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 small head. Um, that that you know, it, I I have to say it's very interesting. Like we both, you know, since you were in the army, I was in the army, so we both kind of have a similar background. Yeah, you know, yes, my whole depression and suicidal thoughts happened while i was 15 so obviously way before the army and in in all everything that you went through was mostly during the army it's Mm -hmm. it's interesting for me since we both believe in god you went to the you know god you know to the religion side religion side like here god please help me i can't do this alone yeah and someone who myself does believe in God, and I went to. I need to help myself. I mm-hmm. I didn't even, you know, I didn't write a note. I didn't go to God to help me. I went to a complete different direction, and for some reason, I see that you know those two scenarios very interesting to me. Yeah, there's a parallel for it, sure. It's it, it's a it's, it's like some kind of a parallel. You know, you did go to God. You didn't go to a person. So, you know, in a way, you know, you know, yes, in a way, God was your savior, but it was you who went to God. Yeah. You know, to I made have- those choices. I was empowered in in that for yeah. sure. I had a, a, a sense of being that allowed me to to act in the world as in my own as opposed to you know no i agree that they're both i would say they're parallels of of self-help to the extent that individuals have to make a choice ultimately it's choices in everything choices that's why i say life is what you make it because you have to make a choice of some kind so but and, and it is true in the end it's all it's all about you but like in terms of it it only you can decide how something goes down but they can be the same path, but just have a different mentality for sure. Yeah, de- definitely. It's mm. it, it's very, you know, it, it, it just shows that you can always turn to someone even if no one is there, even if it's just yourself, even if it's, mm-hmm. you know, turn to God, even if you don't believe in God, try. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter which God, just try. Talk to a fucking wall or a doll or talk to an imaginary thing if you believe in god or not 
I personally Even do believe therapist. in God. Yeah, you can go to therapists, obviously, but you know, I'm I'm trying to go with the mentality. You know what, basically, what we went through, we didn't go to someone. So, if you feel like you can't turn to someone, and it's just yourself, turn to yourself. Turn to you know God. You know you're never alone. And there's always a way out. You just need to make that choice and that decision. And you need to realize that you need that help. Rather, you know, whatever you're going through. Anyhow, uh, I was going to say any of those things is still a conscious choice of the, of the individual to go out and reach out. It's interesting. It's similar to forgiveness in terms of Forgiveness isn't for the person you're forgiving. It's for you. Yes. It is the thing that releases you from the burden of that person's weight in your life. Similarly, reaching out for help is not you extending your arm and reaching and grasping for someone else to lift you. It's actually you lifting yourself up out of that situation via the, the ideal or the metaphor uh, or extrapolation that that thing, person, ideal that you're reaching for is the thing lifting you up. But it's the beginning or the first step in actually one self-realization and two coming to terms and or dealing with things. Because in the end, it's only you that can do those things. Therapists are very much mirrors. People in your life are mirrors. And the way we interact with them subconsciously pushes us back and forth to uh, an exchange with in ourselves and we may not fully realize it you know that's why we it's why the golden rule treat others how you want to be treated mm-hmm. is a reflection of you're actually just treat people how you treat yourself yeah you know and it's interesting sometimes we have this weird actual dual dichotomy of like we treat better people better than we treat ourselves and so then it has to be this reverse reflection of like, treat yourself how you would treat others. And then that's a different ideal. But at the same time, it's very relatable and very like, yeah, you actually deserve to treat yourself much better than how you actually have. And then so on and so forth. But all that to say is pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, De- definitely. Pull, pull, pull yourself by your own uh, bootstraps. Yeah, this, this is a tough conversation. I was not expecting uh, to get to this type of conversation or this deep mm-hmm. per- and personal. Yeah, man, I was I'm very surprised, but I was very, I'm always open to such things. I'm really grateful that we've been able to talk about this. It's a uh, thing is really important, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it definitely is very important, and like I said, it's never um, fuck. What did I say? It's never shameful to ask for help, or even personally for me. Years later, you know, talk about it again, because mm-hmm. you know. One day you had to talk about it again with your children, you know, and to some extent. And to some extent, yes, but you know, obviously, because it is a part of my life. I am holding on to it in some extent, which mm-hmm. means, you know, it, it's not, it, obviously it's not doing damage, 
but it's still lingering over them. So I think it's well. I mean, it seems that you've you have a healthy perspective on it in terms of like it doesn't hold weight over you. It's just like you are the master of it. Yes, I, because I, you now see it for what it is. Yes, I I am totally the master of it. It doesn't control me. But like, I don't think like, let's say your kid, let's say 15 years from now is having a, having some hard times and you can recognize some of the symptoms. You're not going to go up to him and be like, Hey, you're super fucking selfish. <laughs> it's like, Hey man, I love you. What's going on. Let me come talk to me, you know, cause yeah. you knew what you needed at that time and that you're a father now and you can give that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. Because because I, you know, what I went through and, you know, I was there for myself. I want to be there for people I care about, <clears throat> you know, but at the same time, like, <laughs> no. You have to have boundaries. I learned a really cool uh, phrase through TikTok the other day. And, uh, and I was really quite surprised of how solid it was people are allowed to get hurt on your boundaries yeah i guess that's sinking it's super important you know like why do you have boundaries in the first place right so they piss me off yeah that and you know so things are healthy and if someone doesn't like your standards or or boundaries it's like too bad man i'm sorry like i can't go there like you can be empathetic and caring like let's say I have an interesting uh, weirdness where some people in my life, people who I've met and people who have to be in my life are fairly narcissistic and they are very hard people to deal with. So uh, I've learned that it's okay to disappoint people, especially if they have false expectations and whatever, because you set up your boundaries because you have to take care of this first, aka me pointing to my head, your mental mm-hmm. health, uh, before you can deal with anybody else's. If you're not in a place to help, quote unquote, minister to someone, then don't do that. It's not your job. Yeah. You know, there are, there are other people who are more qualified. There are other people who, uh, you know, that's their job. And, you know, leave it to them. You're, it's, you're not, it's, you're, it's okay that you're not that position. You know, there, I've seen many people especially in families dealing with like their, their siblings or children or whatnot. Like, yes, it's your responsibility to some extent to help facilitate a quote unquote safe place and, or like uh, a relationship, but it's not your job or responsibility to deal with a person's, uh, healing and or uh health or healing and or happiness like it's not that i don't give a fuck but it's at the you know it's that it's not my responsibility your happiness joel is not my responsibility yeah i'm happy to come into a place aka like this podcast and have a conversation and facilitate a place where we can share in making happiness but it doesn't it's not my responsibility to make that happen you know i don't have to call you up every day and be like hey man how you doing you know you want to hear a funny joke i heard like it's it's not my responsibility <laughs> no it's it you shouldn't feel responsible to help others if you cannot help yourself 
And even mm-hmm. if you can or can't help yourself, you should not feel responsible to help people in general. Yes, it is nice to help people, but mm-hmm. don't get swallowed up to it. There, there you have are to some, know your limits. You, you need to know your limits. I know someone who loves helping other people, but then expect, well, I help them, so they must help me as well. Like, no. no, no you, it's you, the wrong point. You of... set yourself for failure because, yes, you are a nice person for being there all the time for everyone. But yeah. they if your expectation, not... though, is that you expect it in return, that then you're not actually doing it out of, if it's not nice, that's manipulative. No, but. You know what I mean? No, but I not doing it in, um, like, you know, hey, I did this for you. So therefore you need, like, not even tell them, like, hey, you know, they need, for example, they needed me to babysit. I know I'm just saying something. So mm. I volunteered to babysit. They didn't even ask for me to, to do it. So now mm. when I need a babysitter, well, why didn't you come to me? You know, I baby, like, you know, yeah. I help you. I scratch your back. You scratch, like, no, it doesn't work that way. So mm-hmm. I, like, yes, you don't need to come and announce like, hey, you didn't help me when I needed your help. But you basically hurt yourself because you expected people to help you just like you helped them. And mm-hmm. yes, some people will notice that and will help you. But most people... Let's be honest, they are selfish and they don't think about anyone else but them but themselves. Mm. So you helping them and expecting them to help you back is false expectations and you only hurting yourself and no one else. Kindness is the charity of your wallet. Don't expect it back. <laughs> exactly. Mm, um, fair enough. That's solid. Yeah. Mm. You you mentioned um, when you were in the army and uh, while well, you were doing go duty and they, you know, they tried to uh, screw you over by like, you know, you staying the extra hours and all that. Yep. I wanted to show you a, my story. Yeah. Of, uh, when I was in the army. So I, I think I was, I was on my last go duty for what the next three months <laughs> i didn't do a lot of guard duty but when i did do guard duty it was like mostly for a week but anyways i did the guard duty from like 2 a.m till uh, 6 a.m and i my base was in the middle of the desert so it's uh, freezing very 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 cold at and, night yes yeah <laughs> and at night uh, you need to be minimum two people uh, during go duty at night so it's uh, me and this other guy and uh, you know obviously talking you know passing the time but then we you know comes the time when we need to uh, switch you know someone else needs to switch us and mm-hmm. 10 minutes pass no one comes half an hour pass no one comes and we're like okay like walkie with the, Do they not the, have the catcher the water the radio no, no so we did have the walkie and we like uh, talked with the hamal uh, it's like, hey guys, well, what's going on? It's like, oh yeah, no one updated them, so you know they're in the middle of the sh- you know the fields, so we're gonna update them and blah blah blah. It's like, well, you know, you kind of stranded over here, like x amount of soldiers. It wasn't just us; it was like almost the entire base. No one switched <laughs> anyone. <They're> like, 
almost two hours. Fuck. Now, they they didn't tell us that they did this on purpose or accident or whatever. But my, my friend, he's like, I'm going to search and uh, find out what's going on. So he abandoned me. And I'm like, yeah, fuck you. And then comes the point where I really need to go to the bathroom. Mm. So my my base Number one or two. Uh, two. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, my base is with uh, artillery. Mm-hmm. So we have the main entrance where, you know, civilians, civilian soldiers go through. But then we have the a backwards entrance for the artillery to go through. So yeah. I was I was going in that post. And all of a sudden, a huge fucking platoon comes out of nowhere. I'm like, ah, fuck, I need to open the gate for them so they can they, they can pass. So they pass. <sighs> and I'm in my little uh, bootcut thing. It's like, oh, man, I need to go. I need to go. And there's a soldier standing next to me and we kind of look at each, each other and, and he sees me doing like, you know, I'm holding my, uh, you know, number two dance. It's like, mm-hmm. he gives me a nod. He knows like what, what needs to happen. So he turns around and it's like, I'm going to go out for you. It, no communication whatsoever. So I just quickly take off my pants and everything, do my business in, into a bag. And in the meantime, the, the guy is- Where'd the bag come from? I have no idea. It was just the <laughs> so the guy was standing in front of me, and there was also female soldiers. So it's like <laughs> trying to be very uh, discreet uh, in in the meantime. But I do everything, uh, you know, quick and uh, pass, you know, as quick as possible. Tie the bag, put it aside next to me. The whole platoon they they walk off. I'm like, ah, what an amazing relief. It's been two fucking hours. What the guy is supposed to switch me? <laughs> he did after two and a half hours. He shows. In the meantime, while I was waiting, I took that shit and I smeared it all over the walls. <laughs> I said, "Fuck you!" <laughs> and I took the chair. I threw it away so he will have no place to sit. <laughs> and then I said, "You know what? Fuck this! I'm leaving." And I left. <laughs> and I was as I was leaving, the guy shows up. And like, and he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. No one told me, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It happens. It's all good. Like, oh my God, you're awesome. Thank you. And I start walking. <laughs> and because it's the middle of the desert, so it's like all flat. So I'm like, you know, almost a mile away from him. And all of a sudden, I hear, you motherfucker. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> what the That's... fuck? so gross man that's the worst okay that's pretty petty i I know where these stories are going i will i will share one petty story of that i did something almost as bad although i say shit smearing is pretty gross man it was in the bag so it was in the bag so i have a bag so yeah. Dude, I like I dealt with usually just so you know that shit smearing is a sign of trauma or abuse in children. Oh, so, really? Really? So I when I used to work at a summer camp and uh one uh, usually as a camp counselor and I would deal with the kids, but uh and I have crazy stories from then. But anyhow, once upon a time when I was in the army, <laughs> uh, I had a Rasar, a first sergeant uh looking over our platoon and he's the type of guy for all of you viewers at home who he, he always shines his boots way too shiny than what they need to be 
uh, he he makes sure that your shit is put together before you can go home. If you're not shaved enough, if you don't have permission for a beard, uh, he will shit kick you, punch you, not, not actually, but like basically deny your like uh, home leave uh, or anything either until you get that shit sorted out or like you're stuck on base. And, uh, and in particular, RSR was one motherfucker hated his guts he he just got under my skin he's just this derpy shit grinned guy who just i don't know what like we're at this point doing like we've moved on from basic training we've done advanced training we're starting to merge in and do actual real shit and uh he's on our base and like this is the period before we're going to courses to determine like what our actual job is and um at this point we've handled grenades we've gone into houses we've done all sorts of crazy missions so like i know i'm a soldier fuck you i have shit to do and one day like we're on so we're on cov we're on the line and um and like my beard was starting to grow in a little patchy at that point and like i'd deal with it later because like right now i got stuff to do and the rasar sees this and he's like moses like you need to deal with this shit and i'm like dude my razors are broken my shaver is gone like i got nothing and it's like i'll deal with it when i like go later on like i'll borrow from somebody's like i'm gonna deal with that right now and I'm like oh. so he comes back and he gives me his like whole shaving kit and i'm like fine so i trump off to the bathroom and i shave my face and i'm like hmm <laughs> it's not good enough so i go into a bathroom stall i whip down i pull down my pants and i was like you know i could use a little trim down there a little trim up the bushes shave myself clean make sure all my pubes were gone especially in between the butt crack and all that <laughs> I gave it a partial wash folded everything nicely and handed to him with a smile. And I said, thank you very much. It was a very good shave. <laughs> uh, wow. That... Dude shaved his face with my pubes. Motherfucker. <laughs> well, the difference here, you personally wanted to hurt someone who you have mm. beef with. I basically wanted to fuck someone over. I had no idea who this guy is. <laughs> Yeah, see, but the difference is the subtle approach. See, you, your subtlety was in the first five minutes. My Rasar will never know that he yeah. shaved his face with butt pubes. Yeah. Oh my god. And yeah. that, and that is satisfying. It is. It's it's that small revenge that you get that no one mm. will ever know. Petty, petty revenge for sure. It's a, yeah, exactly. The, the soldier could have thought like, "I've been in this shit bunker." myself oh it could be oh my god he smeared his shit over here mm -hmm. that that shit was smeared over there for months <laughs> thankfully somehow i never got it over there ever again somehow it, mm. it just happened but yeah that's hilarious oh no, my gosh yeah but no he, hearing your story that that's that's an awesome man. personal revenge that no one will mm -hmm. ever find out until now What's his well, name? I then? doubt my Arasar. I don't remember <laughs> his name for various reasons. And uh, 
Yeah, but every soldier's got a petty revenge story, whether it's to a, a fellow comrade or like you know some higher up. Yeah. Oh my well, gosh, I... it was a good shave though. I will admit his equipment was far better than mine <laughs> in regards to shaving. So, props to you, Rasar. Thanks for the cleanest shave I've probably ever had in my life. <laughs> well, that and on that note, I. Mm. I do believe we are towards the end of the episode. I am glad we did get into this kind of conversation. And yeah. I'm also glad we are ending it in a good note and a positive note, a funny note. Absolutely. So, yeah. Very, very depressing immediately as we started not expecting it at all. I, I really did not expect. How are you going to title this episode? I think I'm going to title it Joel and Moses Contemplate Life and Death. Mm, sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, oh. I look forward to re-listening to this so I can nod my head and go, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Solid point, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but no, I, I, I honestly don't talk a lot about my past. Well, that part of my past. And mm. it was surprisingly relieving. Mm. I, I, well, thank was, you for sharing it, man. I really well, appreciate that. Well, thank you for you know putting a gun to my head and making me talk about it. They don't <laughs> need to know that. <laughs> we'll edit well, that out, right? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, obviously, I'll edit it out. Um, and yeah, th thank you for sharing your, your side of the story. It's it's very interesting to hear and it, it's it's sad at the same time because you know it's 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 a dick move from other people to yeah. you you know i don't know it's people people are assholes and i'll, I'll one last major sentence that will help you understand people and like un understand a lot of things in life Hurt people, hurt people. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Yep. Well, I'm fucking depressed again, and we ended we're back into <laughs> <laughs> we ended it in a positive on note. That sweet singing note. <laughs> we ended it in a positive note, and back to fucking depression. Life, it's a circle of life. It's what beautiful. What can you do? It's beautiful. Um, keep on leaving, leaving. God damn it! Keep on smiling. Keep on living, and always enjoy the moment. Mm. Yes. These are my wise, wise words by Joel. I put host. a gong sound behind that. <sighs> gong. Yes. Um. Anyways, I b I believe uh, we got to the end of our episode, unexpected uh, episode. Um. Mm -hmm. I am your host Joel, and with me today, our most amazing guest Moses the Moon. That's me. We are spoilers. Obviously, I will put all the links in the bio. If there is any phone lines for help. I will put it down. If there's not, we'll look it up on uh, Google and always, you know, go for help if you need it. If you don't need it, you know, 
still go for help. Uh, maybe find someone you can help. It's uh, never bad helping someone um, mm. at least once in your life. Anyways, um, until the next episode. Um, yeah, yeah. Goodbye and uh, good good luck, everyone. With life, Bye. life is very <laughs> difficult, and it's gonna be have very fun with that. Have fun with life. Life. There you go. As much as it's difficult, it is amazing, and it's amazing to live your life mm. and enjoy every moment of it. Always look at the positive side of life. Watch the movie. Um, <laughs> the life of Brian. <laughs> no, oh, I, maybe I don't. But what? Uh, fuck. About time. Watch the movie About Time. Amazing movie. There is a scene over there in the movie where the main character, he he travels back in time and he lives every day twice. And he says that is the secret of life. No, the joy of life. To live every day twice. And then Mm. he says the real secret of life is as if you lived every day twice. Mm -hmm. And be always look at the broad side of life watch that movie highly recommended mm. um, mm-hmm. by me and it's kind of and very relevant <laughs> and Moses and it's kind of is relevant to our stories over here and uh, life but until then we are spoilers obviously once again and then see you on the next episode of spoilers obviously <laughs> 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 <laughs>